Hello, this is Matt Marone, the worship pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, January 8th, 2023. Hey everybody, I'm John Vanderbilt. I'm the executive pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. Hi, I'm Simone Halpin, executive director of Naomi's House. Hey, I'm Kelly Brady, senior pastor. Thanks for tuning in to the Next Level Podcast. Good morning. Welcome to 2023. I'm real. Here we are. Fun. Hey, Matt and John, how was worship at Poplar Creek yesterday? I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The response is great. They, as far as singing goes. They jump in. They sing. Yeah. Singing was really strong here Sunday. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, Mm -hmm. Ginny led well and Elizabeth led well. It's good to have Jeff up there, but. Uh, the congregation really responded well, and yeah. s- songs were great. Yeah, I thought, John, I thought it was a good um, just integration of, like, what we do. Yeah. And then what they do, too. Oh, all, yeah. All the way from just, like, you know, pre-service meeting. Yeah. You know, they have their own culture and vibe, and we're integrated into that. But then as far as kind of service planning goes, we kind of right. took the lead on that. And so it was a give and take and experience all morning long yeah. kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Every time I'm there, I... I'm struck by how warm and welcome, yep. welcoming yeah. they are. Talk and to a lot of people out a there. A lot Did of you? people, yeah, yeah, a lot of people. They are really um, comfortable and, I don't know if the right word's confident, but to come up and say, hi, I'm yep. Steve, and I, it's a very friendly I've been here a while, and I just yeah. want to say thanks for coming and preaching this morning. I really enjoyed this, and da-da-da, you know, it's it's yep. fun to interact with people like that, and... Yeah. Um, yeah, my my family went. My kids were all there. They enjoyed it. They thought worship was great and they enjoyed the service and good. They yeah. like hearing Daryl. Yeah, he's <laughs> priceless. Daryl is their uh pastor emeritus and he leads communion each Sunday or almost every yeah. Sunday. They do communion weekly there and That's great. You know, I was sweet soul. I was struck too by the how I mean, I, you are intentional about it and we are intentional about planning, but I felt the, the welcome that Alex did and the, the singing leadership that you brought and the preaching that I brought and the communion leadership that Daryl brought and then the, the close of the service, kind of some takeaways from Alex and a benediction, yep. they all flowed really uh, nicely oh, together. In the, a two-hour service? The, How long was it, it service? <laughs> well, it's, an, it's a little bit longer 10, up there. Yeah, okay. It's an hour 15 We ran there. about that long, yeah. Um, and I just, I was struck by, yes, there was some pre-work and planning and stuff that we do, but um, but just how well it mm-hmm. uh, integrated together and yeah. supported each other. So. Yeah, it seemed like if, if you're sitting there and you are you're aware of those things. Yeah. You would be satisfied if you're sitting there and you, you don't really care about those things, but you want a, a flowing service experience yeah. Yeah. with not many distractions. I think we hit the mark there yeah. too. Yeah. That's kind of how it felt. Yeah. I feel like. So, so that was the first Simone. I love it. That was the first uh, service. And I guess for those listening, that was the first service where we kind of all planned mm-hmm. it together Together. and and we all kind of went through and pcc gbc and you know that's great talked through the flow and who's talking Mm -hmm. when and Mm -hmm. how is this going to work and have we have we met since alex preached here gosh anybody remember i don't think we have (laughs) we've taken three weeks off why do you say three months why do you ask you mean you mean how long the school break feels (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you don't like your children at home, I John? I love my children at school. <laughs> yeah. I joke. That's a whole nother yeah, podcast. Sorry, guys. Anyway, anyway, when was I don't think we have. I don't think we have. What was have. the date that Alex He was, was uh, the 18th, right? Okay. Or what is it? If yeah, he was the 18th, the 18th then, then no. Yeah, we took the 19th off, the 26th off, and the 2nd off. I think that was our, first, our off. first one off was after yeah. the Monday yeah. after he preached. Mm-hmm. Just because he was so good. It was so encouraging. Yeah. And I just thought, surely GEBC had a warm response to him yeah. being yeah. here. And so yeah. the idea of the integration really starting to happen is exciting. And yeah. it, feels, it feels very natural from <laughs> someone who's not involved at all in the behind the scenes. So yeah. I don't know if that's how the you all feel. But I, I feel... I, <clears throat> I have been stunned 
So we we get we first John and I first met Alex in twenty in November, twenty twenty one. Correct. So just and, a year ago. Yeah, just a little over a year ago. And I've been stunned at how it's felt so at easy. There's mm-hmm. been no. Um, it's just been a really easy to get to know their elder board, mm-hmm. to to um, to be integrated uh, relationally to hold hands, mm-hmm. and it's a huge blessing. That's great. That you know, you bringing up Alex preaching it just reminded me it's something we got to talk about. Alex brought some some things from PCC. He brought a moment that w- probably works really well at PCC and brought People it up on the platform and brought it here. <laughs> and it was it. something that we're not like yeah. we just don't do stuff like yeah. that. But he brought he brought some food up, yeah. brought people up, did a little experiment, and it went awesome. It like his, he made a mistake in the second service by picking teenagers <laughs> <laughs> because adults, especially. My, oh my gosh, Rachel Graham was amazing she was yeah, in the fun. first service because she just she was just like it tastes like a stale Cheeto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the kids are like, it off well. I thought it was great. <laughs> they, yeah. The kids ate it. They were like, you know, you yeah. can tell like they know it's stale, but they're like, eh, that's fine. Yeah. It's good to me. I Caleb, Caleb's like, I ate stale <laughs> cheetos all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. It was Caleb. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was that was good. But it was cool. That was, that was a good example of them bringing something to the table, mm-hmm. something that we would probably never do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, in fact, I would go so far as to say maybe if we talked about doing it, we'd be like, nah, you know. But it told, it worked. It did. It worked really well. People laughed. They mm-hmm. were. It, it brought people. Yeah, in. we all it remember engaging. it. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, it so that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmases. You guys enjoy your Christmas. It was a good Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It just is always so sad how quickly it's over. Have you taken down your lights yet? Anthony took him down yesterday. Yeah. Sad day. That's a- yeah. <laughs> Although my Christmas tree was out on the 26th, like I promised. So we bought all new lights. And I put them up on the house. I put them up on the house. They didn't make it. They did what? not last through the new year. They were dead. You didn't get LED? No, I got LED. I don't know what the deal is. I have really bad luck with exterior illumination. <laughs> Every year. we spent. I spent $100 on these new lights. <laughs> this explains That's your it, problem right there. Because usually you have your lights up. Oh. $100? Oh, 100 What's wrong with a hundred dollars? That's like a hundred dollars a strand. Yeah, man. Where'd you get I'm, it? The Ace is the place. Your friendly <laughs> hardware store. You shop at Ace still? Yes. <laughs> Do you plug them all into the same outlet? Or you? <laughs> I feel like we can solve this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, surely you, you're probably blowing a fuse somewhere. Is there somebody's flipping a switch in the, right. First in question. the garage? First question. <laughs> no, that's that's interesting that you, that, that happened because we we noticed and we and <laughs> one of the kids no one of the kids said oh the Bradys took their lights down already yeah like, I was so angry I was like oh that's weird he usually has them twenty five thousand Italian lights <laughs> imported <laughs> Italian twinkling lights. <laughs> I'm sorry Get that you're struggling here. with exterior illumination. <laughs> I just got to know, though, one quick, one, one gift that you enjoyed. One gift. Got the, you got some shoes. I got, I got some boots. shoes. I got some shoes. What'd you get there? What are those? Those are cool. Oh, my Nikes. You know what? Nikes. Quick story on these, Nikes. though. I've been, waiting, I've been waiting for these, this color scheme. Okay. Because they only came in Jordans, and I'm not going to buy Jordans. Are you on that pastor's sneakers? Yes, he is. No, these don't qualify for that. These are famous footwear edition. (laughs) 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 I don't think famous footwear has shoes that qualify for pastors. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Can I get criticized for Ace? I'll go anywhere. Oh, these are great. I think Ace is great, man. When you need, like, when you go to Home Depot and you're looking for the, like, really specific little connector, they're like, sorry, we don't have that. You go to Ace, they got 10 of them. Yeah. They always have everything yeah. you need. Well, and he, your daughter used to work at Ace, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I like no, I got, I got some frames of up, some updated family pics for the office. Because oh, nice. the ones I have, the kids are like five, you know, and yeah. seven. And yeah. so they kind of updated that. So that was cool. That was my favorite gift. What about you, oh, Simone? Oh, why do I have to go next? I'm I, trying to remember I am. I same. <laughs> same. Anthony got me a watch, which I love. It's, um, it's just not fitted. I have to go take some links out yeah. so like a real watch or a smart watch a real watch real i don't watch. wear okay. i don't wear a smart watch don't do the smart maybe watch i should maybe smarter hmm. but no no what about That's you john nice. oh what did i get i did get the socks i talked about remember i said i was gonna get some socks socks yeah i got some socks i got a couple couple clothing items it's good yeah first question <laughs> 
I got I got so okay. First question, but then I got one more, one more. The I found Jen. I got gave Jennifer a coffee mug. It's the best coffee mug ever for her. It's it has a picture of a mandolin on it, and it says, "I play mandolin for Jesus." <laughs> it's nice. awesome. I can't nice. believe that was Isn't out there. Isn't it amazing what you can find? Oh my gosh, it was on Etsy. Yeah, you know, right, it's like one right, of those things. Right, right. All right, here we go. First question. Love the call to fast. Uh, the church. I, oh wait, we should clarify one thing. Right. Because this was kind of our first Sunday with John. Over he there. preached over yep. there. You preached here. Yep. But you guys did preach on the same text. Text. text yep. Right? So for question answer uh, askers, and, and we did promote a little bit. We uh, made aware of the podcast at Poplar Creek. Yeah. Uh, cool. Alex did at mm-hmm. the end, cool. which was cool. So um, when you are uh, calling, when you are submitting questions, some will be for John, some will be for Kelly, yep. they'll, but they'll both be able to speak into it. All right, so first up, uh, love the call to fast. The church I grew up in was always fasting for some reason. Is fasting supposed to be a regular activity for Christians? How often should we fast? Um, I do think it's, it depends on what you mean by regular. Uh, I think it is to be a part of the normal rhythm of our lives. Um, With a caveat, I, I think... There are disciplines are uh, are typically divided into two categories: disciplines of engagement. I'm going to do this more regularly, and disciplines of abstinence. I'm going to refrain from doing this. And so, uh, fasting is a discipline of abstinence. I'm not going to eat food. Um, prayer is a discipline of engagement. I'm going to I'm going to talk to God more and listen to God more. And so I I think that we need to be careful with both disciplines of abstinence and engagement um, that we are, we need need to be careful because our flesh loves them. They, we can get caught up in them. They can uh, become a substitute, frankly, if we're not careful Hmm. for relationship with God and dependence on Christ. We begin to take pride if we're not careful. Uh, Particularly in fasting, I think fasting is uh, particularly prone to that. And so um, I just, I would would caution, I think it needs to be a part of the normal rhythm of life. And by that I would say monthly perhaps, quarterly. Uh, As a congregation, we do it, we've done it twice annually. in January and then in September, January, the beginning of a new year, and September, the, the kickoff of the ministry year. And so as a congregation, we've done it annually to semi-annually. And, um, and I just think it's important to watch and be careful that we're not taking pride in our disciplines, that the disciplines are drawing us closer in dependence on Christ. That's my only caveat. If you're looking for resources, let me point you again to Glow and Bible Church for resources on fasting. You go to our webpage. Uh, on the homepage, there's a tab that says resources. You scroll down under that tab, and there is a prayer and fastings um, call out. You can click on prayer and fasting, and there's a PDFs under there. How to pray for 60 minutes, how to pray for 20 minutes, a definition of what is prayer, why pray in Jesus' name, um, FAQs for on fasting and whatnot. So, and are there other ways to fast other than food? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, people will fast from television, or they'll fast from radio they'll, to try and quiet their lives, and I think those are fine. The only fasting mentioned in the Bible is fasting from food that I know of. Um, so. You got one? Isaiah 58. The Tell type, me. The type of fasting ah, I desire. Yeah. Uh, verse 6. Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and unite the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? goes on and on. Yeah. So. Contextualize that for us. Help us. What, what is the call there? I was kind of asking you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean, it, yeah, go I ahead. think that's fair. I think that Isaiah 58 is a rebuke to Israel. Their mm-hmm. fasting was puffing them up. It right. wasn't humbling them, and that's the danger. They were fasting and feeling really good about their fasting while they let people, uh, the poor starve right. and the marginalized suffer. And he's calling them back to uh, godly outcomes in fasting. Fasting is supposed to humble us, if nothing else. 
Mm-hmm. So a heart condition is yeah, a major part of this because you can get super legalistic about with, you know, not having food for a day and right. thinking you're checking a box, but right. that's not what right. I'm hearing you say, Kelly, or what I think scripture is in, implying. It's, it's about your heart and what you're sacrificing in order mm-hmm. to feel mm-hmm. not only closer to Jesus, but your need for him. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. And, and I, I don't think just because the, all the biblical examples have to do with food, that means that that's the only possible way that you can put your heart in a place of, of um, crying out, longing, you know, asking God for something, um, suffering to a feeling the, the, uh, a suffering element, which is present in fasting. I mean, there's medical reasons, there's mm-hmm. all sorts of dietary things that people have that could interfere with doing, be, being healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think of those that have struggled with eating and food issues in the past and the call for fasting can feel a little bit, um, really yeah. stressful. Mm-hmm. If you have their, eating disorders, I'd be really careful. Yeah, it, it can feel really stressful in their life that they're supposed to kind of, that God is calling them then to re, uh, overemphasize mm-hmm. food in their life. And that can be really, mm-hmm. really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage those people that yes, the biblical examples are, are food related. They're all having to deal with food. That's the most common, uh, especially in the ancient world. I mean, they weren't, well, I'm going to take, you they didn't know, have Instagram. I'm going to, I'm going to take Instagram <laughs> off my phone for their, mm-hmm. for 30 days or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So that one obviously makes the most easily readily available. I mean, you, you skip food for anybody skips food for eight hours or 12 hours or whatever. Gonna They're going to feel it to some degree. And so, but I would encourage those folks to Find something else that is a distraction in your life or you are oriented around that you need to reorient your life around. And Would you say it needs to be something that you really desire? Because I, yeah. I think there's been times where I've made a decision, I'm going to cut that out, but after a few days it was right. like, gosh, I didn't even need well, that, that. And then that's where is the relationship right. That's the other thing God. about food is that you actually physically need it. Right. And so there's very few things that we've, absolutely need that we can remove from our lives. Yeah, you and give up social media and yeah, you don't, <laughs> and life is going to become much more pleasant. Right. It's not like food. Well, right. it's, you know, food, water, air, mm-hmm. shelter. Okay, yeah. so get remove, <laughs> you know what I mean? Food's the one that right. yeah, you can you can go for a little while. Um, but anyway, I, I do think, think there's are, there are things that you can... Um, quiet your life. You, you know, if, if you're not going to watch any more television, you've got a lot of found time. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not going to listen to the radio in the car, well, then you can talk to the Lord mm-hmm. in the car mm-hmm. and you're going to quiet your life. Yeah. I think those are valuable. Um, What's a regular, something that's a regular rhythm in your life that you do on a daily basis that you decide to refrain from in order to refocus or focus more on what God may have for you mm-hmm. in that, in that time instead. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'm trying to gauge the importance of the pull you have towards that thing. You know, how valuable is that? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot. I like honestly, for me, if if it was like, hey, you you should think about fasting from coffee, that would be tough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that's what it is. I I know. I'm kind (laughs) of preaching to myself here. Tell us all, and then don't be around (laughs) other people very much. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just thinking of something that's for me, something that's not food that would actually be. That would be difficult. I would be thinking about it a lot, you know. I actually believe that the Lord designed our bodies for food so that he could tell us he's the bread of life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we are given in our hunger a a constant reminder that our greatest need is for his presence, Mm -hmm. that he's the bread of life. I'm feeling really challenged by this conversation because we do a day of prayer and fasting the first Friday of every month um, as an organization. And we've never gone into the deep specifics of what fasting could look like. It's been a general conversation of what are you going to do on this day, organization wide, um, to put put you in a posture that's going to lead you to pray. Mm -hmm. And um, so we've... I don't know, maybe we've been too soft on it. You know, like what if it is just social media for the day or um, sugar or something that feels too easy? You know, maybe it is um, a deeper spiritual exercise that we're glossing over and we should go deeper. Like maybe it does have to be food. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I don't love food, so that doesn't feel like a challenge to me. (laughs) And that's fair. Uh, Not everybody is in love with chocolate. So, oh, I mean food. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a good thought. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. Uh, as you noted, Paul was very direct with Elamis. Uh, how do we know when we are pulling punches and avoiding conflict and, and when we are picking unnecessary fights? <laughs> yeah, I made a lot of Paul's interaction with Elamis. Uh, John less so. I listened to John's sermon and uh, thought it was great. It's interesting to, to, to see the difference in applications from preacher to preacher, which is terrific. And John and I um, talked a little bit, you know, Poplar Creek's a different campus than Glowing Bible Church, so perhaps different applications for different uh, listeners. But um, I made a lot of Paul's rebuke of Elamus and compared it to the rebuke that Paul received from the Lord. And so <clears throat> the question, how do we know when we're pulling punches and avoiding conflict, and then when are we picking unnecessary fights? The first thing I'd like to say is there was only one Paul, there was only one Elamus, there's only one Sergius Paulus. So that we want to be really careful uh, not to feel pressure or the expectation that I'm going to interact with the world the way the Apostle Paul did. He had unique gifting and calling and context. Um, at the same time, I have found in my life that I can, and I, I can tiptoe around a conflict and avoid it. I don't, it's not typically my MO. Um, my MO is, is to pick unnecessary fights, and I've had to learn to avoid doing that to fight the fights that the Lord's calling me to fight. And I think the only, what, the only advice I'd have here is through uh, failure. I think it's important for us to learn and to give ourselves space to fail. Um, so if you're, an, if you're a person prone to picking unnecessary fights, then learn from those unnecessary fights. Pick less fights. Yeah, and, and try to remain more silent mm -hmm. in situations of conflict. Mm -hmm. If you're a person who never speaks up, well, then learn from that and, and pick some times and places to speak up and see what the Lord does. See mm -hmm. how the Lord handles it. And the Lord has really stretched me to learn to be quiet. I have, you know, the preacher's vocational hazard of always opening my mouth. Mm -hmm. And so to learn to be quiet is an important. Yeah, I took a more, um, I didn't, you, you seem to have, God, God was giving you some, connection to Paul's blindness, mm -hmm. and um, you did a little bit more with that. I, I wasn't sure what to make of all of it. I, I tended to lean what you were saying, that this is a unique situation, that unique encounter for Paul. There's only one kind of sorcerer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and so I took it more as, as it's just clear resistance. Mm -hmm. There's Paul and Barnabas going out, and they met resistance. And this is what the resistance looked like. And that God honored Paul's um, directness in staring it down and saying, you know, this is, this is not from the Lord. This is something that we need to, what do you, you know, you're, you are evil. Yeah, uh, you know, a child of the devil. A child of the <laughs> devil. Um, and so um, I used it as a, you know, we need to expect, it, we're going to see, I mean, there's a lot more Lots resistance coming and coming, yeah. all different kinds of forms. Um, there's going to be inter and sometimes Paul conflict. Runs. There's gonna, and sometimes yeah, Paul runs. Exactly. He doesn't stand up. Exactly. And so my point was resistance is going to come when we go forth, when we reach out, when we go, when we're sent, when we're on mission, there's going to be resistance that we feel. And sometimes it's going to feel very heavy. It's going to feel like evil. Sometimes it's going to feel frustrating and there's a lack of resources or something like that. So yeah, I look at it as that's a fight, uh, ungodly resistance to the furthering of the gospel. Is a fight worth picking? Is a fight worth picking some, in some way, shape yeah. or form. Yeah. And, and we can't make everything about that's not going well for us <laughs> about resistance to the gospel yeah. going forward. Right. You know, yeah. these park is parking ticket. I keep getting in the, you know, <laughs> come on. Yeah. There's things that we want to justify as anti-Christ or anti-Christian or anti-gospel or anti-mission that just are not. It's interesting. The, the whole reach capital campaign, someone said, do you think there's spiritual resistance here? Is the congregation not being obedient? I said, no, I don't think I did a very good job casting the vision a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it's not everything is spiritual resistance. Right. And I should, 
I should say that not all conflicts require cursing somebody. Right. A gentle word turns away uh, right. harsh. You, you know, Paul in this case, <laughs> calling someone a, a child of the devil, that's a pretty harsh, and then he cursed this person with blindness. Right. But just because we re- meet with conflict doesn't mean we have to respond with harshness every mm-hmm. time. We can meet harshness with gentleness and love. I would say that that would be the approach I would encourage people to take most of the time. Yeah. This feels oh, like 100%. an extreme yeah. situation. Totally. 100%. Yeah. And the, I think the curse that is put upon this person is is something that would have spoken specifically to the sorcerer. To a sorcerer. And mm-hmm. to a person who would be inclined to listen to the sorcerer, yeah. which was the Sergius, proconsul. Yeah. Right. So... It, you know, I'm glad the proconsul was moved by this yeah. and came to faith because otherwise it feels like Paul's lacking a lot of compassion <laughs> here. Right. You know, so you right. have to like zoom out and say, okay, surely there was a godly purpose. In well, all and of Luke this, tells us in verse nine, uh, he's filled with the Holy Spirit when he says this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. He's confronting the resistance yeah. in a way that would stand that resistance down and communicate the power of God mm-hmm. in, in a unique way. So. And um, in starting a, a a new campus. Uh, can you guys think of examples that would fall under um, resistance? You know, Matt. The only I can't, or off the top of my head, with regard to a new campus. Um, I I remember preaching in the open air once, and I've shared this before. I, a street preacher took me out to preach at DeKalb's Northern Illinois campus, and so we're in the middle of the campus and we're preaching. We had a collection of probably twenty students and professors listening and preaching the gospel and interacting with the, with the listeners. And I wasn't doing the preaching. There were three of us. Another guy was preaching. And the guy that invited me, we were standing off the edge listening to our buddy preach when someone on the margins started screaming, mm. praise God. But it wasn't genuine. Oh, it was yeah. mockery. Of it God. was mockery. Yeah. And the buddy who invited me said, said that's demonic. And I didn't have much street preaching acumen, so I didn't know. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, that type of distraction and mockery yeah. um, is, is demonic. This is someone that's trying to distract and undermine. It's not dissimilar to Elamus. Yeah. Hmm. And Paul was actually uh, followed around by a girl that, that had a demon. He cast her out, and this demon was, was calling out, listen to these people, they're from God. Remember the little yeah, girl? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, sorcerer yeah. girl? Yeah. yeah. And so... It was fascinating to see it in its, in its action. So This happened to us one time at Naomi's house where a woman, the first time I met her, I, I can't explain it, but I immediately knew something was not right. And mm. it wasn't like a mental illness, which we see often mm-hmm. um, presenting itself. It was, it was clearly demonic. And mm. it frightened me because yeah. I thought, something's not right here. Um, she was only with us for about a week. And before she transitioned to a different program, we did have the, it wasn't me, but we did have the opportunity to pray with her Mm -hmm. and then just move her on. And it felt like it felt dangerous to keep her in our community because of how we're constantly feeling up against spiritual attacks, but Mm. nothing ever like this. It felt like the presence of evil, but the really, really cool story to that is she went to a different program and I don't know, probably a year later we had interaction with her again and she had come to faith. She was finishing a program and this program had a work, like she became like a house parent and she was working for them uh, elsewhere. And she apologized to one of our staff for the way she had treated, I don't know, wow. it was, but wow. I just remember the sense of evil. Hmm. And it was interesting to be able to separate, it wasn't her, right? but it's something in possession. her. Yeah, it, yeah. Was cr- it, was, it was wild. Mm-hmm. I've worked with, cared for a couple folks who felt as though they were having demonic issues. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was interesting in both cases, uh, neither one of them knew how to care for themselves. I said, well, how are you praying about this? Well, I'm not really. Well, what scripture are you using to address these things when they happen? Well, I don't know what scripture to use. Hmm. Well, where are you attending church? Well, I'm really not attending church. I said, well, here's the good news. I mean, the bad news is I do think you have some mnemonic stuff going on in your life. But the good news is you have a whole bunch of resources that you're not even using. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, have, you have armor that you can wear. You have tools. The scripture's really clear. Uh, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Mm-hmm. And, and these folks, they were doing nothing to resist the evil that was going on in their lives. And so it's fun to hear that this 
person that you knew, Simone, mm-hmm. um, the Lord cared for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and hear an announcement. We'll be right back. Hey, Glen Ellen Bible Church, I want to pause and take a moment just to invite you out to the winter warm-up. I mentioned it on Sunday morning, but I would love for you guys to join us for a social night of great chili, and it'll be a cook-off, a competition of sorts. Our next quarterly connecting event is Tuesday, January 24th. That's the winter warm-up. It's a Tuesday night. Bring your family out, 6 to 8, chili cook-off. It's an all-church event. Love to have you there. All the details, uh, and you can register online. One other quick announcement, this Wednesday, January 11th through January 31st, we're going to have a season of prayer and fasting. It's been our practice over the last decade to set apart the month of January for prayer and fasting, to seek the Lord's will in our lives as individuals and as a congregation. All the details and a frequently asked questions response sheet can be found on the website. Go to gebible.org slash prayer fasting. All right, here we go. Next question. Let's shift gears and go to church growth. <laughs> you seem to go out of your way on Sunday to say that the church is not a multi-level marketing scheme. This is to Kelly. I'm unsure about what you are trying to address there. Can you share more about that statement? And it's not just to Kelly. I heard your sermon as well. You had some stuff to say about how churches aren't to hoard their resources, yeah, John. Yeah, actually you did. Yeah. yeah. And that's not an organization. It's, it's an, an organism. organism. Yeah, I love that. It's a family. Yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to say that church growth, the desire to grow, can quickly become code for us first. Mm. Uh, and we're to be a people individually and congregationally that are actually pouring ourselves out, dying to self, depleting our resources for others so that they can come closer to Jesus and I mean, you did a really good job here. You talked, John, about how hard it must have been for Antioch to send out their two starters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some... Paul and Barnabas were... If you were building the best church you could in Antioch as an organization, you would not send out Paul and Barnabas, right? You'd... You'd keep the encourager. Right. You'd keep the the encourager doing all the relational work, and you'd keep the, the great teacher... Yeah. you know, calling in people and, and doing all the, you know, miraculous works, but that's not what the mission and vision of the church is. So the church sends out their best. Sometimes we, uh, there's a felt loss there. The church doesn't hoard its resources. They give away. They don't, they aren't in competition with the other, the church across the street. In December, 2021, the Bible church gave away $300,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, f- fair bit of criticism, uh, criticism. How about self-doubt? Questioning. Uh, Questioning. I had a lot of self-doubt about the wisdom of that in November uh, 2022, as the REACH campaign was really struggling. Did we short circuit the work of God at Glenn Bible Church by giving away money? And um, and I I don't think we did. You know, I, I don't have omnipotent understanding of all things of, about God, but I don't think we did. I, I have a, a high value that we're going to take risks. We're going to step out by faith. We're going to be free to fail, mm. not free to be foolish, mm-hmm. but we're, we're free to fail as we're acting diligent. And um, so I have lots of expectation that the Lord's caring for us in that. And, and it goes along with this church growth. It, you know, if churches aren't careful, it becomes... Well, like individuals, if individuals aren't careful, everything becomes about me. So as, as the father and the husband in the house, if I'm not careful, I make the home about me. But as the father and the husband, I'm actually supposed to be the last, I'm the last person in the line. I'm laying my life down for my wife, for my kiddos. And the church is the same. There are thousands of people that, that aren't of faith yet. And we're to be serving our community and caring and laying our lives down. Yeah. You know, work, working in the church is really difficult. Uh, we walk a line where sometimes it does feel like we're we're talking about church marketing strategy and growth and all that. But but the heart behind it is, um, you know, we're trying to 
we're trying to use our brains and our minds and, and the intellect God has given us to make good decisions mm. about the operations, the daily operations of the church. Yeah. And so that could easily be interpreted as, you know, some kind of marketing, some kind of church growth strategy. And, um, and there certainly is, like, if you want to go down that road, there <laughs> is a lot of resources. There's plenty of people that'll take your money. Church Totally. Inc. Totally. Um, it, with the with you know with the hope that hey if we do X Y Z then it, this will happen, but there's al- there's also healthy conversations like, you know we just don't put anyone up on the platform on a Sunday to lead communion. Yeah, we don't just we're strategic. You're saying yeah, yeah. like there's right. some thought. Y'all and don't let me lead singing. <laughs> you're strategic. <laughs> right, right. So, but it but it is yeah it's it is I don't know I'm, I'm constantly kind of running a self-check like okay am i thinking about that right am i saying the right words there is my heart in the right place because because mm-hmm. we we want i mean do we not want 200 more people to show up on yeah, sunday we do of right. course right. of course like i would say there's there's organizational strategies that can help the church be a better organism mm-hmm. can do its its work in the culture that it lives in currently mm-hmm. to reach more people from christ but if we lean too far to just be an organization like others in our culture, Park District, or then whatever. we lose yeah. what makes us uniquely the church in the culture that we are in. And not only then does the church suffer, but the community that we're a part of suffers because we play a unique role in our culture, in our community. Yeah. Um, so there's certainly value in reading how to be a better organization, mm-hmm. but it can't become our our soul focus, who we are and what we do. And there is a foolishness about being a Christian and there's a foolishness about leading a church. There's, and by that, I mean, uh, are being a part of a church. There's countercultural elements. Like I don't know of another organization, maybe there are that are calling the group to fast and to pray and to wait upon the Lord. And so there's a foolishness and to give your money away and to deplete your resources. There is a foolishness to following Jesus. It's a cross carrying and that's a radical cultural departure. Yeah. You know, one of the ways we talk about it, uh, that's kind of a parallel with the worship ministry is just removing distractions. Yeah. Well, you know, like, so when we worship and we, when we sing in particular, um, you know, we can't, there's no song that's going to make God be more present with us, mm-hmm. but there certainly are things that we could do to distract you from God's presence in the room. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the uh, church strategy stuff is kind of the same way. Like, you know, we, it's good for us remove to- Remove barriers. To, yes, remove barriers. It's good for us as a staff to meet and talk about, hey, where are those distract? Do we have some distractions going on, some barriers? Let's remove those. Yeah, like we talk about that. John and I were talking about that this morning. When we get guests that cannot quickly find a seat in second service, that's a barrier. It's very awkward for folks that are new to the church to stand in the foyer and wrestle to find a chair. Yeah. And and so alleviating some of those barriers are important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's go to the next one. If we are commanded to be, quote, filled with the Holy Spirit from Ephesians 5.18, then how do we make that happen? Yeah, I'm, I made a comment that Paul was filled with the Spirit when he rebuked Elamus, and then I kind of segued to, in fact, that's what we need to accomplish the mission of our that we've been given as individuals in a congregation. We must be filled with the Spirit. In fact, we're commanded to do so, Ephesians 5.18. And so um, to be filled with the Spirit, I'd, I'd say two things. First of all, careful, take an inventory of what you're currently filling yourself with other than the Spirit. Um, Paul says really clearly in Ephesians 5.18, don't get drunk on wine. So that's something I could fill myself with other than the Spirit. Don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So it goes hand in hand with our fasting conversation. I could fill myself with sitcoms and rom-coms or horror flicks or television, whatever it is. I could fill myself with, you know, what am I thinking about day to day? What am I filling my mind with, my heart with? Mm -hmm. What music am I listening to? What substances, (laughs) uh, food am I eating? So, First of all, take an inventory of what you are filling yourself with and cut out things that compete. Secondly, being filled with the Spirit is directly tied to spirit activities, spiritual activities. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, then you, you need to be about or doing spiritual things. And Paul lays that out in Ephesians 5.19. He gives us a, a short list. He says, um, speaking to one another, 
with psalms, hymns, songs with the Spirit. So I'd say being filled with the Spirit means having an other's focus in ministering to them. Here he gives the example of, of singing to them. And we talk about that a lot at Glow and Bible Church. There is a reason we sing on Sunday mornings. And it's not to just fill space or to um, placate the artists amount among us. We sing because we're told to sing. We sing because it's a spiritual activity. We sing because God sings. He sings over us. <clears throat> and so, and then it, he says, singing and making music in your heart. And so we need to engage our hearts if we're going to be filled with the Spirit. Um, always giving thanks to God the Father. We need to be thankful. Thankfulness is a spiritual activity and practicing thankfulness. And so there's any number of things, but we need to look for spiritual activities to be filled with the Spirit. Prayer and fasting are certainly spiritual activities. Anyone else? Good to go. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. Tell me more about how the Holy Spirit speaks to, guides, and directs the church. Yeah, it's a fascinating... Uh, Fascinating part of the text. <laughs> it says the pastors of the church are meeting, and it says that while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, and then it's quoted, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So what is that? And they have a quote. It's quoted. That's what I said. It's quoted. Yeah. The Holy Spirit spoke. Quote. <laughs> that to them. So what is that? That's a clear guiding and directing by the Holy Spirit to the leadership of the church in Antioch to do something very specific. Two of you are going to go. I am going to, they're for me, and you're going to send them out with me. You're going to lay hands on them and, and then send them them off. We're, we're doing this work. Yeah. So, you know, at, at brings a lot of questions like what is that how does that work is that still going on today um you know there's gifts of the spirit we talk about are the leaders of the glen of glen Ellen bible church or other churches are they being spoken to like this by the holy spirit today to make decisions to be guided to send people out to do strategic endeavors you know what does that all look like I mean, I wrestled with those questions in the prep. I think you did yeah. too. What does that look like today? I mean, I think no question what it looked like in Antioch at that time, we don't know. So it could have been a feeling inside that they all agree, the Holy Spirit, because they were indwelled by the Holy Spirit since Pentecost, each, each believer in that room, they could have, you know, come out of a prayer, amen. Now we're supposed to send them, right? Yeah, we are. I feel that too like an agreement, mm -hmm. the quotes around it, I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> yeah. Was there an audible voice in the room that said, by the Holy Spirit, mm. now send them out? <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't know. That we wouldn't don't, bother me it if, wouldn't, if no. we concluded that. It but, wouldn't bother me, but, uh, but I, I don't think there's any... I would say it's rare. I think there's <laughs> other places in Scripture where the voice of the Holy Spirit is heard. Yeah, that's an interesting Audibly. Study. So... I tend to believe it's a, it's a feeling in the unity in the moment that's supernatural that where they all come to this agreement, exactly what we're supposed to do. And they all know it clearly in their hearts and in, yeah. and in what's happening in the room. And I do think that that happens today. I think that happens regularly mm -hmm. in churches. I think it happens regularly in groups of believers. Small groups, Bible studies. That are praying absolutely. and fasting together where they say, yeah, this is what we're supposed to do. I feel the Holy Spirit speaking to us collectively. Yeah, I feel that too. I mean, I think marriages hear it mm -hmm. when a, a husband and wife are praying together about something and are in earnest seeking the Holy Spirit. Um, there yeah. are revelatory gifts given for this very purpose. They're outlined in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 26 to 39, gifts of prophecy being one, gifts of teaching. These are revelatory gifts. There's a, these are gifts of uh, knowledge and wisdom for God's people, tongues, the interpretation of tongues are in that list. And there are actually guidelines in 1 Corinthians 14 for how to order a worship service so that these revelatory gifts can inform people. I think that the mention of the Antioch Five, as John likes to call them, the, uh, and, and their unique gifting of prophecy and teachers uh, 
coincides with the quote from the Holy Spirit. The, these are prophetic, revelatory, these are revelatory gifts, gifts that give insight and wisdom. These five guys were there. Maybe it came through them. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But in 1 Corinthians, we're actually told that any gifts of revelation that are used in the congregation, there are, there are outlines about how these gifts are to be used and how they're not to be abused. And, and then in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, we're actually told that when a revelatory gift, prophecy, teaching, so John and I taught Sunday morning, uh, the congregation is to quote unquote, weigh carefully, 1 Corinthians 14, 29, what was said and make sure it's in line with the, the rest of scripture. And, uh, and what you want to hear. <laughs> make sure it, it feels good and it makes me happy. You're doing so well. <laughs> so there are gifts given for these purposes, that is understanding what the Spirit would have us do in life, the direction he'd have us go. And then there are... Um, there's a, a call to weigh what is being said to make sure that that there's a consensus among the congregation. Yeah, this is from the Holy Spirit. And I assume that happened uh, in Antioch. Have you guys ever had uh, oh, yeah. a Holy Spirit moment where... Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah. Never, you, uh, never audibly. No, not like an audible uh, moment yeah. in the room, but a speaking to a group of people, we should do this, yeah. we should go here, we're seeking the Lord in it. Yeah. Yay, we know we were supposed to go for this. Or, yeah. All right, let's go to the last one. Do you have suggestions on the marathon of long-standing prayers? It's so hard when there seems to be no progress. For example, I've been praying for five family members to return to faith and 15 to come to faith. After years of prayers and no apparent movement, it is discouraging. A literal marathon is not run on a small track, but prayers like this feel so repetitive without any sense of progress. Mm. It's a battle. Yeah. You guys have family and friends you're praying for long-term? For sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. What comes to mind is Luke 18 for me. Uh, Jesus tells a parable, and then he, thankfully, right before he tells the parable, he tells us exactly what we're to glean from the parable. <laughs> uh, what we're to glean in Luke 18 is that we should always pray and never give up. In other words, we knew this would be the case, that endurance is needed in prayer. Mm -hmm. And I take some comfort in that, that it's no surprise that there's a marathon element to prayer, uh, particularly for lost uh, friends and family. So, so take heart. I, yeah. And I, um, I want to share too, to be um, the progress that you may be looking for there may be some progress in your life that you need to, to look for. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Look for. So, you know, those, there's a two-part thing with prayer, right? We believe that prayer changes things, right? We don't think it twists God's arm or changes, mm -hmm. his, changes his mind. He uses it to accomplish his purpose. But it's a purpose. part of how he uses it mm -hmm. to accomplish his purposes. And at the same time, there's a part of prayer that's about shaping our hearts to be yes. more inclined with what his plan is and what he's doing and deepen our faith, strengthen us in perseverance. And so to a person who's struggling and feels like there's no progress, I wonder if there's an opportunity to say, well, what has this done in my life? What have I learned from a marathon of running and praying? You know, have I, have I, have I deepened my faith? Am I praying more often? And I, you know, and to celebrate some of the progress in the midst of the difficulty, mm. you know, it feels like the marathon's not over and you're at mile 13, but it's like, you got to 13. Mm -hmm. Look at, look at what's happened in your family, mm -hmm. in your own life or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. Praying for my father for many, many years to come to faith. There was a point at which I did just that. I said, Lord, <laughs> I, and I wouldn't encourage anybody to stop praying for salvation, but in, I began talking to God about my discouragement so I simultaneously said, I do want my father to come to faith in Christ, but I also need to talk to you, Father, about I am growing discouraged, and, and how can you care for me in the marathon yeah. at mile 13? Yeah. And my father did, in God's goodness, come to faith. But I shifted, as you're saying, I shifted to recognize there's something God wants to do in my heart yeah. in the marathon. Yeah. <clears throat> That's good. Yeah. Uh, you got something? 
Um, sorry. Anytime someone's like, like <gasps> yes. Uh, yeah. A couple thoughts on, uh, it just came, I was thinking about like, we, we play, we, we're playing checkers. God is playing chess, mm. you know, like, um, a more you, complicated long-term play. Like if God is in control of everything, which we believe he is, um, on some level, how much control, I, I don't know. Right. Like, the little decisions we make every day and all that, I don't know. But God's in control of all things. So that means that, to me, that means that um, any decision, any prayer that's requested and, and answered and granted, um, there are lots of other things connected to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just a, okay, yeah, you can do that, and then there, nothing else is affected. Like, we're, there's a lot of things that are connected on some level. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was just thinking um, when John mentioned that, I was thinking, like, you could be praying for years, weeks, months, whatever, for a family member, and your child may be watching it the whole time. So yeah, maybe right. that person doesn't come yeah. to faith until their deathbed, or maybe not at all, but God may be strengthening your child's faith through all of that. Yeah. Um, and the second thing is, uh, and this is a little bit tougher, I think, but I, I have a comfort in knowing that um, even the people that I, I really, really want to come to Christ— that they may not, it, it's comforting for me to know that at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I won't be upset with God. Yes. I yeah. won't be yeah. in yeah. his presence Eternally. going, yeah. I won't be in his presence going, man, couldn't you have just done one more? Like, that's not So it's interesting you bring that up in my have. wrestling with God about my father not making progress. Uh, in expressing to God my discouragement and needing him to care for me in my heart as I waited, I was released from worrying. Really? I, I, in talking to God about my soul state in the marathon of prayer, he spoke to me about, you don't fully think I'm good. Mm. You're, you're not fully trusting me. And that was revolutionary for me in my relationship with my father. Because I think my father actually probably felt a sense of, it felt my anxiety towards him. Mm regarding his lack of decision for Christ because I certainly had it. And anytime people sense that, they're going to resent it. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text the Next Level Podcast 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday sermon and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that Scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him, and our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, listeners, for tuning in to The Next Level. Boom! Prophecy.